Welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. Welcome to the first episode of uh, year two off season. And uh, it's kind of interesting. We're taking a moment to kind of go back. We've been doing this for a while now. Now that we're into our second off season, we wanted to look back at one of the very first things that we did to kind of reevaluate after all the different topics that we've had and all the different discussions that we've had of reevaluate like who should actually be in the Hall of Fame extra. We'd originally come up with our very first episode. We had each laid out nine different guys that we thought should be in there, one for each position. And we kind of just wanted to go back and look and say, okay, now that we've looked at all these different things, talked about how the Hall of Fame should expanded, if we're expanding the Hall of Fame, by how much should we do it by? And if are any of those guys nine in if we do expand it? Right. So the, the premise was that uh, if you add the Negro League players, which now BaseballReference.com does include, there is about 23,500 players that have marched through Major League Baseball, if you will. All right. So if you had right now, you have 233 uh, players in the Hall of Fame plus non-players, umpires and managers Man, and, and, and things, and executives and things of that nature for the, the total of 333. Um, and, and so that total is really just a little over 1% of all the people that have played baseball for all time. And so our theory was, well, let's say you added some players, you're still going to be in the 1%. And how far would you, would you think you'd have to and go? And that is also something that is noticeably, that is way less when compared to other major sports, the football hall of fame, the basketball hall of fame, the baseball hall of fame is very exclusive, which, which speaks to baseball's longevity right. more than anything else. Because with 25 man rosters, look at football, they got 53, I guess in, in, in some amount of time, football should catch up in terms of the total players. Since when you think about, you know, how very big our football roster is times 30 odd teams, you got many more football players than yeah. you do of any other guy on a roster. They'll do it in half the time. But basically. baseball still got the far, you know, far lead in this category. And so, um, we thought about maybe kicking it up to one and a quarter percent or so, 1.25, 1.26%, which oddly enough would add about 36 players uh, into the Hall of Fame, uh, bringing it in just under 300 to 299 total. And what's interesting is, which is good, you're bringing it to about 300, which is, you know, I think trying to hit a specific number isn't important because you're immediately just going to be putting in more people the next season, so you're no longer at that number. So that's not important. But I think what's interesting is when you add in about these 36 guys and you start kind of looking past that, it feels a lot better. There's your real almost guys, right? And that that next tier down. You you agree a lot more that, yeah, he's probably, whereas there's a lot of guys that are in there right now. There's like, he should be a hall. And and that's not even talking about the steroid guys. Right, right. Although we will talk about them. We will talk about them. Those are kind of held separate because like, Barry Bonds belongs in the Hall of Fame. Let's let's not kid ourselves. Well, here's here's what else I did. So I I stumbled literally upon this book this week, uh, and, and I was down a rabbit hole. Um, and a guy named David Gordon wrote a book called Baseball Generations, and came up with something in um, to evaluate Hall of Fame players called Career Value Index. 
And, and I want to get it worth reading the book. The book was, was really interesting and really good. It just values contributions differently because in particular, the things I liked about it was if a player, this is something we all can understand, had a five-war season, right? Yeah. And he had multiple five-war seasons in his career. You'd think, oh, that's that's a really good player because that's big, right? Winning five games you know, in, over a yeah. player per season. And so when you start looking at it through some of the guys that we have talked about, it's interesting who had those five war seasons and who didn't and why guys shouldn't be in there if they maybe don't sustain excellence over that period of time i really like it because it rewards guys for really what they did in their peak of their career right you're gonna say this is what makes that guy that guy because like like obviously he's going to get in but like a guy like pool are we really going to kill Albert Pujols because he had a bunch of crappy years at the end of his career when you could literally it's like, it's like the same thing with Trout. Trout could play 10 terrible seasons for the next 10 years and it probably Perfect. wouldn't matter because his first 10 were that good. And baseball has a history of great players hanging around too long because they can. Honus Wagner's playing in his 40. You know, these guys are going to play because A, they got paid, which they needed the money, and B, what else did you do? You're a baseball player. You play as long as you Until can. Until Verlander can't throw the ball as hard <laughs> as he does, he's going to keep pitching. So, so um, and and what he also came up with, and, and maybe we'll try and get this guy in the podcast, um, was that steroids, you know, we talked about the steroid guys and say he went back and looked at their seasons and said, okay, when this guy was alleged to have done steroids and he dinged them 25% uh, on their on their performance in those seasons um, to level out the supposed uh, uh, benefits, if you will, if it were to come out in some statistics. All it does is ding them for it. Uh, who knows if it's exactly right, but it is a metric that he used for everything. And that also, you know what happens to Barry Bonds if you do that? He's a Hall of Famer. And and so it takes all of them. But there are guys, and, uh, and I'll, we'll talk more about this later, like McGuire, when I looked at his thing and you use his dinging him for steroids, McGuire's not a Hall He was barely a Hall of Famer even without considering the steroids. Right. That was like the tough part for a lot of the steroid guys. They were borderline cases already with the steroid stuff stopped on, topped on, you know, yeah, stacked on top yeah, of that. Yeah, right, and right. so like now when you Sammy Sosa was like, is he really a Hall of Famer? Just because he, you know, he had six hundred and thirty home runs. The problem is for a lot of that used to be enough. If you right. had four hundred, that was enough. Right, right. So then to turn around and be like, oh, this guy hit six hundred, but no. Yeah, yeah. You just know it. It's not right. He doesn't belong there. Guy didn't play a lot of defense. You know, wasn't a great because defensive player. One of player. the other things is guys that used to just hit four hundred home runs were like. There's not that many of those types of guys in the Hall of Fame, really. Most of the guys that are in there like that actually still have pretty had superlative careers when you actually look at their their numbers. Right, right. Dave Kingman hit 400 home runs and Andrew Jones hit 400 home runs. There's no question who the better ball player was. Mm-hmm. Right, right. King- Kingman doesn't shouldn't get a sniff of the Hall of Fame ever. And and Andrew Jones, you know, we think he's a guy who should be in the Hall of Exa- Fame. Exactly. Because there, there's a and there's not a lot of guys that are in there erroneously. Like there's a couple of guys that I think CVI and war are not kind to, but there's only really one or two guys where you're like, why is this guy in the hall of fame? So it got me thinking about, you know, okay, my own way of evaluating, because maybe, maybe I'm, I don't know enough about the CVI thing yet, but I think about a, a player having five seasons of five war, 
that tells me about sustained excellence. So that's something that I put in there that I think, okay, now I'm going to look for that. I also look at defensive war for the player over his career because guys that win gold gloves who might be Hall of Fame consideration aren't necessarily great D-War players. They win gold gloves, as you said a number of times uh, on this podcast, on reputation. Mm Mm-hmm. On reputation. So so I want to make sure that I'm really evaluating, because there are guys like Andrew Jones, on the other hand, who hit the 400 home runs, had a low career average, 251, would be one of the lowest of all time, but his D-war is so high that all of a sudden, the sum total on this player, his CVI is rated much higher because of the contribution of the things that are important. Because he was actually a good defender. And that's something you can be a little more assured of now, is that the guys winning the gold glove today... You know, actually, I think it's literally being handed out when we're today on the day we're recording this. Um, they deserve to win those gold gloves. Right, right. They, they, they're not using the old, you know, you know, while we like, you know, I have to say there, we like guys, you know, like like who won a lot of gold gloves and who didn't necessarily you know, belanger back in the 60s for the for the Orioles. Really great fielder, but he won it every single year. Nobody else had a better year. Jeter. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jeter was a good fielder. A really good fielder. I do not think he was the best defensive shortstop in the AL any season. Well, we've been maybe through. maybe a couple, but it's certainly not some of the later ones. Here, here Incumbent right. is really something that you know sort of pops up, which doesn't anymore, as you as you as you point out. So let's go around. We're gonna, we're going to try to come out with eighteen guys this episode that we feel should go into the Hall of Fame, uh, and and we'll do another episode in two weeks, and we'll pick another eighteen guys, um, and and so we'll start at first base, and and you picked Keith Hernandez, and he right away, right right to the top of the heap, Keith goes because he comes in at a CVI at about 61 and change, which is puts him at about one and a quarter percent, which would keep him in this sort of realm right. of, and, that we're putting and, players. And then you're just debating, and then you're quibbling over like, you know, I would say like, look, he was the best defensive third baseman of his era, a first baseman of his era, mm-hmm. like, and far and away in some ways, you know, revolutionized the position, which, some- which is, should, is not necessarily uh, Quantify, but it's not quantifiable. Right, right. But his his way of of charging bunts and changing the at bat um, was a bit revolutionary, if you can say that defensively. I would no one say, was doing. Uh, yeah, it. but nobody does it today. Right. So it's hard to say. Argue it was too revolutionary because it's not like first basemen are doing that all the time now. But God, people don't bunt nowadays. So. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Maybe. So um, yeah, and and when it comes to to Keith, he you know his war. Over his career was 60, like we said, and he had enough. I'm trying to find the um, amount of seasons he had that um, in a row that would, would say, um, see, his war, he had one, two, uh, three, four, five seasons of over five war. It's pretty good. Yeah. So, so I that think tells Keith, me that's really important, right? That tells me the guy was consistently at a high level, um, you know, for a long time. Only had two negative war seasons his last two. Right, and you're not going to kill a guy. I don't want to kill guys, especially for right. last couple of years stuff. It's not worth it. And the D-War was positive um, overall for his career, also positive for a very long on a seasonal basis. And, you know, it isn't easy to have a lot of D-War, by the way. No. It's, that's not something you get very It's, it's hard to accumulate that because it's, it's much harder to be above the average player 
player uh, replace a player defensively than it is offensively. So um, I picked Mattingly. Uh, CVI is not kind to Don Mattingly, and, and 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 it is he he didn't have a, a lot of seasons of five war. He had a few. I think he had three, um, and he won Gold Gloves because he was an excellent fielder. But his D war wasn't anywhere near what Hernandez's was. Uh, he hit for high average, but if you look at his career in some total, his CVI is actually in the forties, uh, and he he just. You know, it it, it it makes sense because I, I kind of like try to equate the two guys, but Hernandez did a few things that were more special uh, than, than than Mattingly in, in every just, sense. Just listening, not really, obviously not having watched either of these two play when they played, just thinking about looking at their careers and what they were perceived as, it just seems like Keith did pretty much that everything that everything that made Mattingly special for the most part, Hernandez did, but was better at. Right. The only thing, thing I would say, Mattingly was probably a better power hitter than Hernandez. If you want to talk about pure home, pure run, home power, run power, you know, but, but, like, but that wasn't Keith's game. That so. wasn't Keith's game. So. Everything else, though, the things that, that like he shined brighter at the things that made them both special. You you mentioned another guy uh, uh, because you saw him play when he was in the minor leagues, uh, and he's coming up for election in the Hall of Fame, um, and that's Todd Helton. Um, and so Todd Helton actually is served very well by CVI. Uh, he's, yeah, he's level. in the does top one percent. Does right? all that? Does all the things right? He's in the he top one percent. He fielded well. And an unbelievable hitter. The only thing you ding him on is for being a Rocky, but I don't think you can. No, make- you can't. This takes into consideration park value. And, and war has kind of done that way, too. It does take it into well, yeah, park value. But, but that, as much as you look at the statistics, that's not how the voters look at it. No, I, I, I understand that. So, um, all right, we, we would say, you know, we'll come back to so first base. It might be for, two guys. I would it, say, it, I, to me, it's Hernandez and, and Helton. Helton. But Helton's going in this year. So let's leave the guys out who are not yet being even voted upon because Helton's only coming on to be voted now. Right. Um, okay, at second base, you had Lou Whitaker, um, and I had Bobby Gritch. Um both of those guys have very high war numbers. Uh, Whitaker a little higher than uh, than Gritch, and Whitaker uh, actually fared a little worse than CVI. Mm-hmm. Bobby Gritch, and, and reading this book about it, thing about Bobby Gritch, it really defined his career. So Bobby Gritch was really good, really good at a lot of things. He wasn't really great great at anything he was probably a almost a great defender i guess if i said if anything uh, he was a fast guy when he was young when he got hurt then he hit more home runs than most second basemen he had 200 and odd home runs upper upper echelon of all the guys but if you're not the best right what if you had more homers it's really hard to argue to be like all the things that he was Bobby Grish was really good at a lot of things. Well, I mean, doesn't that mean he's the poster boy for the Hall of Very Good? No, because he had uh, f- multiple seasons, and I'll find it, of five war. Well, you understand kind of the point I'm making. I, 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 well, I think it's dinging a guy. It's, it's, it's not you end fair. Up, you end up dinging him because he was not outstanding at anything. Right. But is it that part of why you should be in the Hall of Fame is because you were outstanding at something? I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. No, I. I, I don't think so. I, I think. I think if you were just a baseball player that didn't really have a weakness um, at all, and you, but you didn't have a strength. Oh, your strength was not having a weakness. Ah. I, I'm just. I'm. I'm trying to say that you know his, his overall five war seasons were. Um, oh, he had a lot. He had I don't one, d- two, three, four, five, six. 
That, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. And I didn't think of his career that way. So you're right to say, you know, that's why when you watch the guy going like Bobby Gritch is a Hall of Fame player, it didn't feel it like it. I didn't see him play. He played in the West Coast a long time, so I didn't probably see him enough. Um, I, I think one of the things we do have to go back and remember is we did recently talk to the guy from Baseball Reference. We talked to Sean, right? Yeah, yep. Sean and he it. said, sometimes the stats just kind of like people. What if Gritch is just one of those guys that like the stats like for whatever reason, and he, even if he wasn't as good, I, I don't, because I, it's 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 like it almost doesn't make sense to me that like he he doesn't out excel at any one thing, but then he gets five war. I think it's I think it's in Gritch's thing. It's one stat that holds him back from letting people go. Wow, he's the different. It's hitting two sixty six batting average for his career. So the reason is that you know his on base is three seventy one. Um, which is a really good on base, you know, and and his his ops plus is you know one twenty five. This is a really that's yeah. This is this is that's like elite stuff for his career. He's one twenty five. Yeah, that's pretty good. So so I, I just think he just gets a present because if he would have hit two eighty one, we wouldn't be having this uh, yeah. conversation. It would make it so much easier. Right, right. But so that's one thing. So you know, I, I would say that you know he would definitely be a guy I would put in, in mm-hmm. my in, in my Hall of Fame, and I put Whitaker in there too, actually. Um, More so than our, our, I think our honorable mention, I would Willie, not. Ma- Willie Randolph is, no. let's just put him aside. So we'll go two and two right now. Yeah. We've got um, uh, those those four guys. <laughs> um, third base, and we probably shouldn't have put, you pick Roland. Okay, you probably shouldn't have picked Roland because he's just coming up for Right, so we could have even been voted in. So he, that, that doesn't, and I, and I had Greg Nettles and his. The problem is there's just weirdly no, no third. good third baseman. You said it. Until recently, I think there's a few that might get vote. Like, like honestly, looking at it, you'd almost have to argue that one David Wright would have to be considered just because of the complete yeah. lack of third baseman. Well, otherwise, you've got if you're judging him solely off of what other third basemen have done, you've got what I consider a first ballot guy who who's going to be going in in Beltre. Right, he's right. a first ballot guy. He's a, he's a first ballot guy. There's there's no question about it. And I would, I, and and if you look deep, Machado is like you know. Not as far away as you might think. Well, well, I think I think if Machado's going to get in, that means you're also going to tell me that. Um, well, I'm just saying Machado's not there yet, but he's on a track that that he's not as far away from being that as as you might. Will think. Cabrera go in as a third baseman? What's he going to go in as? That's a great point. Wow, I I, I don't know. I have he to played, look at how many games he's played. He's played at third base. He he played most of his games. If I remember correctly, the last time we looked at this, he played most of his games in the outfield. He's played first base, right. first obviously. base, outfield, and third base. He's 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 just played a lot of different positions. Um, uh, let's see, first base more than any place else. So I guess he'd go he'd, in as a first base because he's a first ballot guy. I hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, he played almost twelve hundred games at first base. But I, I think the thing with is like when we're talking about adding people in, we're not talking about these future guys. We're, we're, they're they're just right. coming up now. So let's just say statistic. Nettles would be the only guy that I'm I'm saying his CV. His CVI is really high. He had five wars. And, and just because he played when Brooks Robinson did, so he couldn't be as good a fielder as Brooks Robinson. And then the hitting-wise, he was he had 248 for his career. Another batting average bias. Yeah, but like it's hard for me to say a guy that hits two under 250 can be a Hall of Famer. This is this is the way because we're evaluating it. You know this, right? We're evaluating the Hall of Fame um in in a way that you know, Probably his his career war is sixty seven nine for Nettles. That's way higher than what's you probably the CVI. Thought. 
Um, see, I, I'm not looking at it right now, so I don't have that. Okay. I, I think it might be on. Um, you, you might be able to find it. Um, and he had 248 for his career with 390 home runs and a, a, a great D war. Um, and as we say, the the uh, war itself, he had one, two, three, four. Five five seasons over five plus a bunch at four eight and four seven. The, the only devils, Oof. the only kind of like argument I can make against it is that considering there's only thirteen Hall of Fame third basemen in the Hall of Fame, honestly, that just probably means it's never been a particularly strong position in the major leagues. Otherwise, so in theory. Getting a high war as a third baseman, depending on the relative strength of your position at a given <laughs> may not time, mean as much. may not mean as much yeah, because yeah. a guy like Nettles might be able to get five wars a third baseman when if you put him at another position, he'd be like a one and a half war player. Well, let's put in one third baseman for now. We'll, we'll put in Nettles. We'll put in Nettles for now. Um, at shortstop, um, you you came up, and this is a great pull with Vern Stevens. Uh, and I think Vern Stevens even actually shows up well in um, in CVI. Um, uh, I, I I I don't know that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I'll have to look up his um, look up his stats. I had Garcia Parra who did not fare well. In, no. uh, uh, Garcia Parra, you you like Garcia Parra as a legacy player a lot more than I do. I think I think I liked the beginning of his career and thought that it was longer at the level that he played at. Now he played, you know, the, the requisite amount of years in, in, in the major leagues, but the backside of his career was so diminished comparatively. And you know, you almost forget about his time with the Dodgers in the first place. But he had a couple he had like a decency he had a good season with the Dodgers. I know right. that, but it was not a multiple run long run of the Dodgers so so Vern Stevens if we go uh, there I, I don't I don't have the CVI in front of me but if you look at the seasons of five war he had one two three seasons of more than five war two at four seven and four six that's right you know that's, that's right, right what was his there. career war we can talk about it. his career war is 46 um in what would be a about uh 14 seasons 13 seasons so he didn't play very long um, didn't didn't play very long, so he averaged you know more than three, three. war a season. Right. Um, it feels like we're trying to put this guy you know in. There. It's hard with shortstops. Right. That's the thing is we're we're looking for guys to add, and when you look at this those lesser played positions, it's actually harder to find people because the diamonds in the rough have already been dug out for the most part. So he, he played at a time before gold gloves were awarded. So like Gil Hodges doesn't get credit for that. Um, his D-War career-wise was nine, which is good. Um, positive most seasons. Um, and like I said, if he had some, and he hit 281 if you want a value batting average. I, I don't know that. It, it, it is that important. Uh, you know, overall, I like on base, you know, a little bit more myself to sort of say how the guy contributed. He hit 286 for his career so you know 355 uh, on base average and a slugging of 460 for a shortstop at a time when he didn't get yeah that. we'll put him in yeah we'll put in Vern stevens we'll put in Vern stevens so Vern stevens is in there garcia power is not and i had burt campanaris who also does not fare well in cvi and just just because he stole a lot of bases i, I was interested in to see does, who? That, does, that, does that help and yeah, no it didn't like so you had i think a great pick um in left field albert bell yeah and, and and he I don't know if he is he in uh, on that CVI list you have no he's not okay so that's interesting uh, that he's not because- but realistically that just means he's not in the top one hundred of all time right um and for for 
batters. Right, right. And so his career war, and we, we liked Albert Bell's stats. Let's just check, you know, his, because we, we had this guy on our list. So here it is. He had one, two, three, four seasons. It's interesting how it just all falls right on, right on the cusp here of more than five war. Topped out at seven war, by the way, in 1995. Um, and his def- well, his defensive war is not going to help, and we know that already, right? No, no negative. Uh, yeah, twelve point three for his career in defensive war. Ooh. So four seasons. We loved him because he hit again the whole average bias, which I think hap- happens. But when I, you look at all the, right. it's hard to have average bias with him when he was a complete offensive player. Three hundred eighty-one home runs, two hundred ninety-two ninety-five career batting average, twelve hundred RBIs, career ops of one forty-four. So, you know, all those are really positive offensive statistics. Um, but for whatever reason, you know. When you're that bad a defender, yeah, it's hard. You kind of have to do more. So what do you think? Does Albert Bell go or not for right now? I, I think he will end up in there, but I think there will be guys I would put in before him, if that makes sense. Well, um, we're talking about, let's see, outfielders right now. So do you want to leave him off and, until we talk about – uh, the other guy that I picked. Uh, let's talk about the other guy you picked <laughs> yeah. first. Cause I, I feel that when I think about it, the thing that's tough with a guy like bell is that like, you don't love him, but then you look against his yeah. competition yeah. and he's kind of the best. I think you're going to be right because, so I picked Lance Berkman. Well, I don't, I'm not really sure what I was thinking. It was the first show. Come on. Um, anyway, um, he had a uh, one, two, three, four, five seasons of more than five war. I like that. He had one at four, eight, um, so that's pretty. That's pretty that's good. That's pretty good. Okay, defensive war for his career is negative eleven. That is not good. That's, <laughs> see, that immediately makes it hard for him because it's like, okay, you're basically the same defender as Bell. So now he has to be better than Albert Bell offensively. So I, yeah, I, I think. We kind of lumped those guys together almost. They had similar careers overall. If you're willing to say one of them should be in, the other should probably be in. Yeah, his career averaged 293 to Bell's 295. He had 366 home runs to Bell's. It's, it's kind of remarkable, actually, when you think How about it. How similar. Okay. Yet his war was higher than Bell's, oddly, by a lot. Bell was a war of about 40 career, and Berkman is 52. Now, Berkman played different positions. Right, he did. He moved around, uh, but mostly outfield and first base. But yeah. how much did Bell DH? Uh, a fair amount. Because that would make it harder. Yeah. Well, being a D- except that D-War is D-War. But you don't get any D-War for being a DH. For him, that's probably a bonus. Well, so I'm saying when Bell played the field, but, he was bad. <laughs> but your average competition as a DH is going to be way higher than playing a position. You're not going to have any bad hitters at the DH position for the most part, where you might have a couple substandard comp play, you know, players in your your league at your position. So you, it's immediately easier to be a better replacement level player for a field position than as a DH. To the DH, to me, that has to be the hardest position to accumulate war at. Right, right. I know. I, I understand your point. I think it's a good one. Um, well, I, I think. See, the, one of the reasons the way I like the CVI is, is you, war was such an easy way to do it. And now when I look at the CVI, then it makes me go look at the, these five war seasons. And all of a sudden, the truth and the D-war, the truth seems to come out a little bit more. Yeah. So um, we, we'll put those two guys aside for a I, moment. I think, I think we'll put them both in. I think we put them both I think, in. I think we're going to need to. 
We right? need to. I think we need to. So, because so that's the other hard part about this is recalibrating your idea so, of what a Hall of Fame player right? is. The border should be a little bit south of these guys, right? Exactly, <laughs> and you just have to mentally drop it. Right, right, right. So the, the guy that that we both picked, you liked him. You picked him first, I should say, is Jim Edmonds. Mm-hmm. So you know, and so many things that he did, you know, well statistically with the high career WAR and playing for lots of teams. So his his seasons with five WAR. Here we go. One. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, and he had a four seven, and I think okay, that that gets my attention. That's a lot of excellent seasons right there. Uh, and his career D war is positive. Just having a positive career D war is actually pretty good. And he hit most of his seasons, he had very few negative seasons. In fact, the only negative seasons, he only had one outside of his last four. When you you know that's going to happen later in your career uh, when he was still you know running around there as much as he could. And he when he was oh uh, yeah. You're not, you're not the same. 38 defender. years old. He's not quite the same player. So um, I, I just think Edmonds belongs in there. Um, so that's an easy one. And I had Kenny Lofton, another guy who kind of rates out the same way. CBI when you look at super, super positive high. to him. Right. He did a lot of things very, very well. 12 career average, I believe. Uh, no, no, that, that's not, that's Manny. Manny, Manny. Had, Manny had 312. It's I think it was 299. 299. Uh, here we go. 299. Let's let's go to his, his thing. I'm gonna look at the five war seasons because this is becoming something that's really interesting. It kind of tells you who are the guys that were kids because it's like the difference between our previous, we were looking for guys that had a career average of over three, and the number of five war seasons is it really helps point out the guys that peaked right. and had a truly stellar set of years where they were above their peers. And how hard it is to, you know, who had a five war season this season? Jacob DeGrom. He pitched half a year. Well, yeah, which just tells you, <laughs> imagine what if he had done. Just, just, like, just let's, just have, a season. let's just have a Mets moment here. Take a step back and, and just fantasize about what if he had just maintained that pace for an entire season he would have literally rewritten yeah, the record books he's a med he didn't um, i know that's what happens it was oh it was like i i don't was that what it was like watching when doc came yes, up yes yes actually i i read all this book so the highest um war season for a pitcher in history other than walter johnson back in 1913 was doc gooden in 1985 had a 12 to war for a pitcher yeah because he was like like 24 and four or something yeah, he had a you know the era sub two era struck out 285 guys just I mean, unhittable just, you know i mean that was five three that ERA. Was, i remember there was that streak of games where Degrom went like seven eight or nine innings and struck out like 14 plus in all of them and it was just like yeah. this it just looked every single start looked like the other team just was like I, what do we do? Like, I remember that whole story where he went down and he pitched against the kids from like single A and like a warm up start. And they're just like laughing because one guy managed to put the ball in play. <laughs> All right. Enough, enough met indulgement sorry, here. Sorry. Um, uh, okay. So Kenny Lofton's war uh, and he comes out in his first season, uh, full season. He's, he has a 6.6 war. He has one, two, three, four, five, six. Six seasons over there. Over so the, less than Edmonds, interestingly. Just a little less than Edmonds. Um, D-War, 15-5 career D-War. Wow. wow. Okay, so that tells me, well, Kenny Lofton, we, we knew it before. We know it now. Kenny Lofton belongs in there. I mentioned Tony Oliva. Let's not talk about him right now. Maybe somebody will talk about it another time because we didn't really get too deeply into him. You mentioned Reggie Smith, and, and this guy, uh, Daniel Gordon, took a lot of time talking about Reggie Smith, and he didn't fare as well as I thought 
uh, he would have. So it's kind of interesting in mm-hmm. the CVI category. And so I'm going to go to the five war season and see is that where it kind of comes out. But he was ever consistently great. And so here well, you've got two seasons of four eight war, so that's almost there. Then a six seven and a five six, and then a five one and a five five and a six one. That's a lot of really, really good, good seasons. seasons. Okay, career D war positive at three point oh. Uh, only had a couple of negative. D- Boy, there's nothing in here. Nothing that tells me yeah, Reggie Smith. That tells me that there. that was a good pick. So I would say Reggie Smith will belong there. Um, I had Dwight Evans. He scored well in CVI. He's going to be in there. Uh, mm. I think. I think both of these were guys that we felt pretty strongly deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. That, like that, that have been sort of and, and but these that's a really supporting because we'll take another uh show uh, maybe even by itself so he he did a reductive show so, uh, the re- reductive aspect of who should come out based upon them not hitting the cvi metrics and it's kind of interesting who does i'm not, guessing it's not many it, it, there are there are guys and i don't want we don't want to be a reductive here so we're not looking to take people out but you could easily say i know there's one of the top there's 1. like 2. lloyd wayner or something oh, yeah uh, no that, uh, that is exactly lloyd wayner very good right little poison yeah because uh, yeah. his brother was great him and, he, and he was only elected because he was his brother yeah so um anyway here is um dwight evans and yeah yeah he, he had one two three four five seasons over five war career d war well this is shocking it's negative 3.8 i Ooh. thought dwight evans was a really good defensive that, player and he was well here's what it is the last f- five years of his career negative one five negative one seven negative one seven negative one two negative one one so he really did not finish strongly defensively his entire d war at the end of his career which kind of you know goes against how many seasons did he play uh he played a lot of seasons he played 20 okay major leagues well 19 by us he only had 18 games right but 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 still right so you know he was playing outfield at this point. Right, that's too. what I'm saying. Is he played years 13 through 18 or 19 in the outfield? No wonder he's going to chalk up and, a bunch of terrible the, defensive seasons. And do you think that the um, eight Gold Gloves, you know, would they actually in his case mean something as a right fielder? And he wasn't winning Gold Gloves on reputation. He had more assists than anybody in the league year after year. Mm-hmm. You think that would come out in D-War, but again, the end of his career is D-War sort of really, he would have been He would have that. been a positive player without that. So, um, well, he would. He had a 67 career war, so, but he he ended up being doing well in CVI. He stays in, um, in, in my book. Same uh, with same with Reggie Smith. I think same both with of them are in. Uh, and, and Bobby Abreu, you mentioned as well. And Bobby Abreu didn't fare all that well in CVI. Which, which doesn't surprise me because he was somebody that I think is actually a Hall of Very Good guy. Yeah, and, and, the, and the, the sort of the statistics bore that out. Um, not that he, you know, didn't have a lot of, you know, seasons. He had one, two, three, four, five. Whoa, hold on. Whoa. Hold on. Hold, hold, whoa, hold on. whoa, whoa, whoa. One, two, whoa. three, four, five, six, seven. Seven seasons of more than five war. Yeah, that's, it's kind of, when he does that, Career D War, um, and again, same as Dwight Evans. Tank it negative negative ten point nine mm. is the career D War. Unless that, he was really bad the last couple years. Uh, I mean, no, not any bad that he <laughs> more bad than he was for a lot of other years. Actually. So he was just not good. So not a very good. I actually I didn't think of him as not. And he won a Gold Glove. Now, how does that happen in a season where he has a D War of negative one point five? He wins a Gold Glove. 
because it was a <laughs> it was a career. Who else was out there? <laughs> Joe, <laughs> I guess. So we'll 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 hold him outside for right now. Um, we both think Thurman Munson belongs in the Hall of Catcher Fame. is another one where it's I feel like Great they've gotten point. it right most of the time. Like there's not a lot of catchers that aren't in that should be in. And the brevity of his career is what the knock against him because he died in a plane crash. Like that was his, you know, like it's his fault. <laughs> so oh, sorry, Thurman, we can't let you in. Yeah, and I and I and I've said this before. You know, look, if the criteria for the Hall of Fame is you play ten seasons in the major leagues, it makes you eligible. Were you great in those ten seasons? Well, you had to do something great in those ten seasons. And Thurman Munson had a uh, had a plus five WAR in one, two, three. Four seasons and was four nine in another. Right, so uh, half eleven point nine D WAR for his career. Half, half of his very short career, he was an outstanding yeah. player, which clearly to me says he would have kept being a fantastic player. Perfect. If he doesn't die, he's in the Hall of Fame. Put him in. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I mentioned Jorge Posada. Um, and and I'm gonna guess D WAR is not kind uh, to it's him. Not as it's it, oddly enough, it's not as bad as really. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he, he because early in his career he wasn't you know as bad as bad. Um, so his he, number of five WAR seasons are one, two, only three five WAR seasons. That's not oh. a lot of over four. One, two, three over four. So he that now has D WAR positive D WAR for his career surprising 2.6 positive you know uh that which again so that offsets the fact that he only has the three but uh, yeah. that sounds like all very good to me yeah i think so and there's another guy i wanted to mention and i i, I that i think should have been been in there and he's talked about a lot he played for the tigers back in the 60s a guy named bill Freeman. so let's just talk he played catcher and we say there's too few catchers well the problem for them is for the problem that's going to especially happen is there's two catchers that are very likely to go in. Yes. Over the next 10 seasons or whenever they're eligible. They're, they might even both be first ballot type guys. And here's why I'm going to I'm going to say maybe not. Oh, this, I'm so glad you brought this up. So, um this week Buster Posey retired. Yep. And Yadier Molina said I'm going to play my farewell tour next year. Right? He's going to play one more season. Um, and I assume Lot Yadier is the. Is these are the two. Yeah, everybody pretty much thinks these two will get Buster Posey five more seasons in a twelve-year career. Going to take a guess six five 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 Yadier less two. Ooh. Yeah, that's less than Munson. So, so well, I think Yadier belongs in the Hall of Fame. By the way, um, what's so- Yadier's career D WAR? Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Yeah, because this is the thing. It needs to be impressive because if it's not impressive, he's in a lot of trouble. Isn't this an interesting way to look at it, though? Because it begins to really sort of separate. It, I'm it, just saying you people. need to his D war for him. Specific- so here's his career D war. Twenty six point eight. Yeah. Put him in. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's why Yadier Molina is going to the Hall of because Fame. Because he is maybe the second best defensive catcher of all time behind only one man. And we both know who I'm talking about. And and here, yes. And here, actually. Uh, okay, I was talking about Pudge. Pudge Rodriguez is, is the best defensive catcher of all time. Uh, one of the best catchers of all time, Johnny Bench, actually turns out when you look at CVI and you look at. Well, but Gary Carter actually outdid him, interestingly enough. I'm not surprised. Surprised Bench. Me. Bench there's a lot of old timey baseball players that are revered as gods. But when you go back and you look at their statistics, you're like, he's not any really different than some of his better peers at the time. And, and you're right. You're right. And I think like it, Gehrig. Oh no. Oh no. Don't get, no, you do. No, no, no. You got to look at Gehrig's. That's like, it's ridiculous. Is it? It's, it's like, it's like video game. Good. 
because it's like Mantle to me has those impressive. If crazy I looked stats. at Lou Gehrig, uh, five war seasons, my gonna guess like, is going to be like eleven. Okay, yeah, probably. <laughs> See, that's like. the other thing. But then again, Lou, Lou Gehrig was playing against like Shukan Johnson, who only had three toes and spoke no, German. No, no, that's that's a little harsh. No, no, because he was playing much later. He, he that's came not, he came right after the dead ball era. His first season was nineteen twenty three. Okay, uh, yeah. he Lou wasn't Gehrig. playing so, like, because you asked. Let's look because as you ask, and you know, a guy that has a career war of one thirty. 13.7 is going to have a lot okay, of... Okay, yeah. We can stop that. <laughs> I'm wrong. Let's just... We could just say, I'm wrong. Yes. So so forget about the fact... Let's say we throw out the 11.19 season. Do we have to... Are we just going to rub in how wrong I okay, am now? Okay. So, but Yadier, surprisingly, only has a career war. And this surprised me why war is maybe not a great stat sometimes. His, it's only 42. And that just really surprises me. He's not the uh, – because he had a couple – the thing is, is he's one of those guys whose history has been rewritten because he's had some good offensive seasons late in his career. He's been rewritten as a good offensive player when that's not how the statistics really play out. I guess as a hitter, right, his career average of 280 to me – I mean, that, like anytime you got a catcher that hits 280 and plays defense of any Ooh. kind, he's already like right there. Right. He, he is a <laughs> Hall of Famer, but the problem is is hitting 280 – we're all like, oh yeah, that's for a catcher. That's great, but is it really right? Well, and 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 you can knock Yachty for his three thirty on base for his career. That's not. He doesn't fanta- walk. Fantastic. His four oh two slugging. Not so much. Ops plus at ninety seven. So the defense is, is what, what makes puts him. him so far over the top because he out. You know, and he's been that way there for so for long. so so long. But I guess I'm surprised that it doesn't help his war as much as it shouldn't. So I think war. Sometimes- I think it's less that it's not. I think it is helping his war massively. I just think that his off the way he plays offensively is not good for accumulating a lot of war because he doesn't get on base a ton and he mostly gets singles. Yeah, well, 171 career home runs over how many seasons? Yeah, there's a lot of seasons. There's a lot of seasons. He's got 18 seasons. Yeah, so that's like a 10 home runs a season. Yeah. It's not that great. No, no, it's not. It's not. But we both agree, you know, he would be. He's all of him. He, he would be when his time comes up. There, there is no question. Both so, him, him and Posey. So we were talking about Freehan, and, and Freehan kind of falls into the same, you know, category as a guy who had a few. Uh, he had one, two, three. Wow, he had some six or nine more season. Um, three seasons of yeah. five more. And then he had a bunch at four, three, four, two, four, one. And see, the thing is, is you can't, four, three, four, two, four, one is not saying the same as saying four, nine, four, eight. Career, career D war. Okay. 12. That's good. Except his problem is Yadier's got 26. Yeah, but we want to put more catchers in the right, hall. But we're thing. already, the problem that, that a guy like Freehan's going to have is it's really easy to not put him in because we know we're adding two more catchers. All right. And well, well I think those, remember, there were 260, I looked this up, 265 um, new rookies this year. So each year we grow the pool by 265. If we put in about two guys a year, some years we'd have to put in three to keep at that 1% uh, you know, plus you know, number Marker. there. So I, I think we have to re- remember that you know, we're going to add, add guys all the time. I think we're looking to put guys in to get it up to a certain number and then let it organically right. grow from there. True enough. True so enough. that's, that's you know, kind of what I'm putting out. So um, I think freeing, we're going to, you know, I, a 262 career batting average, there's a batting average bias there. Ops plus for his career, 112. God, that's really hard. He's, that's not great. It's good. Not great. Yeah, it's really hard. I, I, I know. Is it so, Hall of Fame? Yeah. 
So we'll, we're going to leave them out for yep. right now, um, but with somebody we'll talk about another time. Uh, the pitchers we had, mm-hmm. you had Kevin Brown. You picked Kevin Brown. I did. And Kevin Brown ends up showing very well in CVI. Um, and, and He's one of those guys that for whatever reason, I think because if I remember correctly, he was not the most likable fellow. Um, people forgot. And because he played for that Marlins team and he had some of his best years for a team that lasted for such a short period of time, right. people don't remember that. People don't remember those those Marlins teams and that they were actually good and he was unbelievable for them. So, but, so and then the Dodgers were dodgering it up in the late 90s. Right, right, right. So his greatness for them didn't matter. And and his everywhere he went, you know, he sort of brought something to the table and he got sort of better as his career went on in, in a lot of ways. Um, and he had some not so great seasons. Pitched, uh, pitched a ton. Well, you know, I, I look at things like you know career WHIP, which was one two two. That's very 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 for good. especially for a starting for, pitcher for a starting position, particularly at that time. And he had just a ton of of seasons uh, over five with WAR. I mean, just a ton of them. Um, one two three. You know, eight six four five six. You know, and you can't you can't rate pitcher war the same way you do hitter No, but war. he was still he he was still he's a forgotten guy for how good he was. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'd say he goes in. I agree. I agree with that. And I had Schilling, and because Schilling doesn't fall into the steroid guys, he's just kind of like a, he exists in this weird space outside of them. This is the last year he's on the ballot. Um, and he is asked his name to be removed from the ballot. So after that, he'll have to wait for the veterans committee. And just because he's in trouble because that's a popularity contest. Or 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 ain't winning any, none of those anytime soon. I guess, you know, I just think this guy should be in the hall of fame. We can talk about how much of a, you know, of a controversial figure he is. How about we leave it at that for now. Um, but he belongs in the hall of fame. So, um, he's that good a pitcher. So we have, we have to get three more guys. Okay. So we passed on guys like, uh, Freeman, uh, Freeman, Bill Freeman, we just talked about. Um, we we passed on Willie Randolph. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said we passed on Mattingly. We passed on Posada. We passed on Abreu. So if you look at so guys that have been overlooked, and I went back and and, and came up with CVI guys that rank very high. If you if you look at you know yeah the list. So Ken Boyer, who won an MVP in 1964. Well, with three more to go, I think it's actually kind of simple because I can immediately name one of them because he should have been in. Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy, really? Yeah. Well, well, let's let's take a look. Murphy um career war was always kind of like 46-5 and a career average of 265. There's that batting average bias. Right. I'm gonna, I'm going to keep saying because I think it's really prevalent, you know, th- through throughout um, you know, this thing. So he had 1 2 3 4 5 6 seasons. Um, where he was um, five or more than five. That's that's very good. That's way above most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came up. He came up as a catcher, and then went to the outfield because they didn't want to destroy him behind the plate because he was such a good hitter. So his D WAR for his career is negative six point eight. Um, had a bunch of solid years in mid career when he was playing outfield, um, where he and then he deteriorated. Right, and he won two MVPs. So that's almost like a wild card to me. Right, if you win back to back MVPs. Let's put all the guys in the Hall of Fame who won back to back MVPs. Probably we should do that. Mm-hmm. So we'll say Dale Murphy is in, and I, I kind of like that for that that reason alone. He, that, it's something that sets him apart from every other guy that's on this outside list list looking in. So I'm going to pick, um, and I'm not looking at the numbers yet. I'm going to pick, a, we have a list of guys. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pick Dick Allen. Um, and Dick Allen, 
you know, we talked about on this podcast before, I'm going to bet that he's going to come out well in having those five war seasons. I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about the D war. So career war of 58, seven, um, in what would be 14 years. Mm -hmm. That's really good. That's over four average career warriors. So, you know, you're going to see some good numbers and you sure do when he comes out of the box and he, you know, goes eight eight six four seven five five three for his first four years of his career. Um, he has an eight six later in his career, but oddly enough, he only has uh, what would be five career war seasons. Over, no, six over five. So that's high end um, career D war of negative sixteen three. That does not uh. help his case at all. Um, Batted two ninety two for his career, batting average virus on the uh, on the positive side. So, what what kind of ops plus number would you have to have now, based on what you just heard, um, that would make you think that would really one twenty plus? How about one fifty six? Okay, so Dick Allen is going to be in our Hall of Fame. Yeah, so I think a final name, okay, a pitcher, somebody. Somebody that we've, you know, really talked about a lot on this program. We've mentioned it a few times, Wilbur Wood. Yeah, yeah, and, and he came out really well in CVI, interestingly enough. Not not that far off of Hoyt Wilhelm, who's in the Hall of Fame as well. Yeah, um, we've talked about Wilbur Wood as a guy that when you really, like, not a lot of people know him because he's an older player, but when you look back at his- I love this. When you look back at his career statistics, they're impressive. So, you know, I, I love this. And, and, and so should I, well, I'm not going to, because I don't want to really pull the pitcher war thing, but his CVI number was way up there with Wilhelms who also easily made the hall of fame. Right. So uh, there is one more we have to come up with. And, and I have, I have one that uh, we talked about him even in this uh, podcast. And I think it's time that he goes in there because of yeah. his defensive contributions. That's Andrew Jones. Yep. He deserves to be in there. Yeah. Andrew, A-N-D-R-U-W Jones. I always like that. I always remember that he spelled his name differently than everybody else. And, you know, here's a guy who, because of his lousy career average. What's his career D-war? Uh, let me, let's, let's go. So the career average is the knock against Andrew Jones. He batted 254 for his career. Um, he hit 434 home runs. Okay, so that's good. His ops plus was 111. Eh, on base 337 this was a guy who struck out a lot did have 152 career stolen bases for a power hitter i think that certainly should go in his favor and he's the guy that whose style of hitting would be looked on a lot more favorably now than it would have been back Talk about a three true outcome guy yep so um okay so how many seasons over five were let's see he come well remember he had the great world series against the yankees in 96 and that was his breakout coming out party and then he had a modest of 3.3 war in his second second season then he went seven four seven one eight two four nine six five four nine three two six seven five six that is one two three four five six and then one at four nine um, two at four nine two at four nine over over five so six seasons. with two borderline yeah so and and so if you had to guess the career D war and now you, we're getting into uh, this. guessing guessing it's somewhere 25 26 yeah, 24 4 you're right all I, over I, I assumed it would be somewhere similar to Yadier's. so so for those reasons like if you are a a, it's, a generational defensive player that has to really weigh more if, heavily if i'm saying keith should be in andrew jones should be in so uh those are our 18 guys um and i'll i'll, re- I'll read them back so that we have it and we're going to pick 18 guys in our next one that'll bring a total of uh, our next podcast in 36 so we're going with keith hernandez mm-hmm. uh, lou whitaker 
Bobby mm-hmm. Gritch, Greg Nettles, Vern Stevens, Albert Bell, Lance Berkman, Jim Edmonds, Kenny Lofton, Reggie Smith, Dwight Evans, Thurman Munson, Kevin Brown, Kurt Schillingdale, Murphy, Dick Allen, Wilbur Wood, and Andrew Jones. The Hall should welcome these people. Yep. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Cool.